0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place, do you remember class, where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith is not this mysterious, unknowable thing that some think that it is. Uh, The scripture has so much to say about the subject of faith Without faith, it's impossible to please God, so it should be high on our list of things to know about and to develop in, and it, is, it functions by definite laws. Uh, there's a certain way faith comes. There's a certain way faith is released. There's a certain way faith grows and develops, and that's why we have faith school, because you can learn about it and you can develop in it, and it is the key... Uh, to overcoming. Uh, The scripture said, you know, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if it's in the world and it's bugging you, you can overcome it with faith. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom. We've saved you a seat right close to the front so we can keep a close eye on you. Uh, Turn everything else off. Don't try to do multiple things or you'll miss part of what's going on. Uh, This is just a few minutes. Uh, Give it your full attention. Father, all of us uh, agree together and come together in in faith, uh, touching this and asking for the anointing that teaches the direction of your spirit, answers and help for right now. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and and enable us to grasp and comprehend the truth, uh, the reality of how things are and how you want them to be and what needs to happen to allow that to come to pass. We ask it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. And we say, Lord, get glory to yourself in us in, in every part, in every way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would turn in the scriptures, our great textbook for faith school, to John the ninth chapter, it's the gospel account of John, chapter nine. Uh, If you've not been with us, we're in the middle of a series that we're calling Faith for Healing. Faith for Healing. Now we've talked about just faith in general for weeks and weeks and weeks prior to that. So if you're new to uh, watching us or joining us online, ever how you're doing it, um, all of the previous broadcasts are available online and they're at no charge. So you can go and go all the way back to the beginning of faith school. And we, we spend a lot of time on why faith and, and, and how faith comes and, and all these kind of things. We, we camped out in Hebrews 11 for weeks and weeks looking at every one of those verses because it teaches us about faith and how to please God and overcome. But for some time now, we've been on this topic, faith for healing. Faith works the same in every area, but it must be fed and developed in each area. And by that, the the result is, you know, you can have strong faith in one area because you've been fed there but in another area have very weak faith or no faith at all because you hadn't been fed on that or you've been fed the wrong thing. And so uh, in order to build up our faith for healing, receiving God's healing and healing power, we want to feed on what he said. Well, in the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there are some 20 or so individual accounts uh, of, of healing and there are numerous cases where we're told multitudes were healed in a single day. But we're not told who they are, what was wrong. But about 20 instances, and I say about because it depends on which ones you count and how you count, but um, 20 individual accounts where we're told who they were, what was wrong with them, how they received, how Jesus ministered to them. And so if the Spirit of God handpicked these 20... How many think it's worth our time to camp and and look at them word by word? Well, we have already studied previously 13 of the 20. We studied the healing of the, the leper, the healing of Peter's Mother in law, the healing of the paralyzed man, the healing of the nobleman's son, the healing of the man with the withered hand, the healing of the centurion's servant, the healing of Jairus' daughter, the healing of the woman with the issue of blood, the healing of the two blind men, the healing of the Syrophoenician's daughter. A lot of healings. Did you know that was a big part of Jesus' ministry? Big part of Jesus' ministry. Healings, deliverances. Has He changed? Or is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? The healing of the deaf man with the speech impediment. Healing of the blind man at Bethsaida. And the healing uh, of the man's son who had seizures. And so we're down now to number 14 in our study. The healing of the man born blind. Number 14. And it's all in this one chapter. John's the, the one who records this. Uh, Just John on this one. There are other blind people that were healed, but on this one. And really the whole chapter is devoted to this healing, all of John 9. And it brings up so many uh, pertinent, uh, vitally important issues that we just want to take our time and and go through this whole chapter. Now how long that'll take, we'll see. (laughs) But you know, can you come back? Maybe you can come back. In John 9, would you look? It said, As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, before we go further, we've seen that in the majority of these cases of the 20, it was the individual's faith that was the determining factor in their healing, receiving their healing, their healing being manifested. And we've, we've seen that numerous times Jesus would say, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. According to your faith, be it done unto you. I mean, we just you see that most of the time. It's not the case here. This case is different. If you'll notice, this account does not begin by the man coming to Jesus. Did did you notice that? It says, the very first verse, Jesus saw the man. He noticed the man. And then the uh, disciples bring up the man to Jesus and ask this question that we just read in verse 2. And so... In my, in my studies and notes, I put on each one uh, whether it was faith-initiated or Spirit-initiated. By that, I mean Holy Spirit. And the Lord does special things. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians, uh, working of miracles, special faith, gifts of healings. And uh, in my notes, I've notated on this one, spirit initiated, because you'll find it doesn't say, you know, that that the man came to Jesus and then Jesus said, according to your faith. But we see right off that um, the disciples are asking a question that makes an assumption. Jesus saw the man, noticed the man, and we're told the, the man was born this way. He was born blind. He was born, something was deficient with his eyes, with his sight. We don't know. Maybe his eyes didn't, his, uh, the eye itself didn't fully develop. There was some disconnect with the optic nerve or we don't know. But it was, you could call it a birth defect. He was born without vision. And so... Uh, The disciples then when they see this man, and then they also realize that he was born this way, they ask Jesus, who did sin that this man or his parents that he was born blind? Uh, So they didn't say, did somebody sin that caused this? They're assuming that's why he was born blind, is because of sin, and um, they just want to know Which one was it? Of course, this brings up a whole other thing. I mean, well, his parents, okay, they could have sinned, but how did he sin before he was born that caused him to be born blind? So there's some doctrinal issues here. And you'll find that it wasn't just the disciples that thought this way, Uh, the leaders of the religious leaders of the area thought this way too. You'll see that in later part of the chapter. And um, this is not just um, a preposterous thing for them to ask. Now, we'll we'll see. You get the answer. Let's go ahead and read the answer. Verse 3, Jesus said what? Neither. Neither one. Now, I'm sure this surprised them. (laughs) Because they, you know, they're They're being theologically deep. You know, they're they're like, we we know what happened here. We just don't know. We don't know which one. So if you could just fill us in on a little detail, Lord. And he said, no, neither one. Neither one. Now we know that uh, when he said neither one, neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Now let's just stop here. Are we to believe that this man's parents have lived their entire life and never sinned? Are we to believe that this man who's now an adult, the blind man himself, has lived a life without sinning? No. Jesus is the only one who ever did that. So what's he saying? He said, that's not why he was born blind. is either because of his sin or his parents. That's not why. But, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Why would they think this? Well, uh, you'd have to go back to the, uh, the law. You'd have to go back to the, the blessings and curses of keeping the law versus being rebellious and not keeping the law. They knew from the first covenant, however how much they knew of the scripture about that, they knew sickness was not a blessing. They knew sickness, you didn't get sickness and deformities and all these things uh, by pleasing God and keeping the law and doing well. They knew that uh, oppression and poverty and sickness and being defeated, these were all the results of the curse of the law. And that was true and that still is true. Uh, and so they made the connection, bad stuff in your life is the result of sin, and good stuff in your life is the result of obedience to God. And there is some truth there, but then they, they, they leapt to a wrong conclusion. And um, you know, this is one of the reasons that the Lord has commanded us not to judge, Hadn't he told us that? He, he has commanded us, judge not unless you be judged. Now, who wants to get judged? I see no hands <laughs> in the class. Nobody wants to get judged. So, what, so how do you keep from getting judged? Don't judge other people. Well, what does that mean? Well, that doesn't mean you can't judge right and wrong because the scripture tells us to discern uh, between right and wrong. Uh, And you may see somebody do something that is obviously wrong, or obviously contrary to what the Word says. But what you don't know is their heart. You don't know what they see and what they don't see. You don't know the background and how they got from where they were to this place and Maybe you heard and saw they did something that was obviously wrong, but how do you know they hadn't already repented and are in better shape than you are right now? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? You don't know. You don't know any of that. And uh, what we get into is what is sin? And we're going to be looking at some of this as we go because uh, some of say, what's that got to do with healing? Obviously a lot, Right? This is in the Word for reasons. And so uh, when they said, who did sin, Lord, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? They're assuming one or the other. And uh, there must have been some doctrine about that people could sin before they were born. I mean, that's, that's weird. <laughs> but no, the Lord says, uh, neither. Neither. Neither, neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Uh, look with me, you're here in John, go back a few pages to the book of Luke, the uh, 13th chapter and notice something else. I am so thankful for the word because there are answers here. There are answers to things that people have wrestled with for thousands of years, trying to figure out why this, and how come this, and a lot of folks just conclude, well, there are no answers, and you can't know. Oh yeah, we got a book full of answers, if you got eyes to see, and if you'll accept it. There's a lot of times the Word has given the answer, but people don't like that answer, and so they ignore it, and they look for something else. But how many in, in faith school, we accept the Word of God as the absolute final authority, is that right? On everything. And so if the Word says, this is how it is, then we go, well, we got that answer, right? Whether you like it or not. And when you learn more about it, you'll like it better. In Luke 13, we see a, 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 something that deals with this same question. There were present, verse 1, at that season some that told him, told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. They didn't have cable news and satellite news and all that, and internet news like we do today, but this is something that had gone all over the region, that there were some individuals who were making their sacrifices and somehow another, uh, they were Galileans, and somehow another Pilate had gotten upset with them and sent the soldiers, I guess, into where they were making the sacrifices and as they were slaughtering the animals for sacrifice, he slaughtered them. Jesus answered and said to them, suppose you that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? He said, do do you suppose, are you assuming that because this happened to them They're worse people and and, had sinned more than everybody else in that area. And verse 3, he said, I tell you, nay. What what does nay mean? What did we say? No. No, that's not true. No, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Or those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell. And slew them. Uh, Think you that they were sinners above all the men that dwelt in Jerusalem? So there was another, what we would call tragedy. There were some people around this tower. And something happened that it fell. And it fell on them and killed 18 of them. Basically, a a building fell on them and killed them. And he said, "Do do you think, you suppose, that because that happened to them instead of somebody else, they were worse sinners. And so can you see the same idea of uh, trying to say, well, bad thing happened to them, so they must have sinned real bad. Or why didn't it happen to this other person? Well, they, maybe they didn't sin as bad as this person. And the Lord's telling them, no, that thinking is wrong. And he goes on to say, no, but except you repent, You shall all likewise perish. Now, what we see is that repentance provides protection from perishing. Can you see that? And what he's telling them is, no, it's not because they were worse people that that happened to them. And even some Christians and ministers have jumped to wrong conclusions sometimes when they see maybe a storm hit this place and didn't hit that place. They say, well, it's because it's a sinful city. Well, if you look around, there are other cities, right, that'd be at least as bad or worse. So that doesn't make sense. That, that logic doesn't line up. And what, what, so what's the Lord saying? If you'd allow me to paraphrase a little bit, when he said, no, it's not because they were worse sinners that that happened to them. But unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I said it like this, without protection, this could happen to you. Can you see that? Any day. The world is a very dangerous place. How I many can look around? I mean, you watch the news every night, right? It's, there are a thousand things that could take you out every day, and it wouldn't be because you're a bad person, or you're a worse person because it took you out and didn't take them out. No, but without the Lord's protection and Him keeping us, any of us and all of us are vulnerable and exposed to, to something happening to you at any time, whether it's a a car wreck, or a a disease, or a violent act of crime, or, uh, you know, uh, I saw down in the tropics a while back, coconuts falling on people and killing them. You laugh, but coconut fall, you know, 30 feet and hit you in the head, boom, you you better hope you were saved, because you're out of here, right? (laughs) Right? We need His protection. huh? You need His protection all the time and repentance is key to it. What does that mean? Well, if you're not going to believe in God and you're going to be defiant against Him and you're going to try to say there is no God, you don't need God, you are not repentant. And that means you are vulnerable. You are exposed. But even if you mess up bad... You know, all of us have made mistakes, but if you mess up terribly, if you repent, right? I said, if you repent and you receive forgiveness and cleansing, then the enemy has no right to no access to you and the Lord has a right to protect you and to keep you. And with his keeping and his protection, we can live our whole span of life out down here, run our whole race Finish our whole course without some accident or crime or disease taking us out early. But we need His protection. How many will acknowledge that? I, I don't need to be running around down here. <laughs> Unrepentant. <laughs> Exposed. Right? I need to walk close to the Lord. And if I miss it and make mistakes, immediately. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Yeah. Immediately repent. Why? So you don't give the enemy any place. Yeah. You don't give him any opportunity because he's just waiting for an opening to take you out. Yeah. He's looking. He's watching. Can he get to you? Can he get to you? But if you'll walk close to the Lord, and if you make a mistake, repent quick and complete, he can't get to you. Yeah. The Lord keeps you. Yeah. Somebody say, the Lord is keeping Lord me. Is keeping he's keeping you. me. He's keeping me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Gives me confidence that I'm going to make it through the day (laughs) and through the night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And through the next day and the next night, next day and the next night until, like we said, I have run my race and finished my course. Hallelujah. With joy, with his help. With his keeping power. Go back with me to to John. Let's continue in this. Is that okay though? Is it good to take time to to look at some of these things? Thanks be to God. In John 9. When he says. uh, He saw notice the man was blind from his birth. And so this man. He had no say in this. He had no choice in this. He was born this way. And yet he's had to live with this for all these years. And so then the disciples, they say, well, well how, you know, but we might say, why was he born this way? Because uh, his parents sinned or, or because he sinned. And and um, Jesus said neither. Neither. That sounds like what he said in Luke 13. No. Are we going to accept what Jesus said about these things? Yes. Then when you do, it gets rid of these wrong uh, theological positions. Yeah, but what? No, no. no, you just, you got to come back to what he said. That's right? right? Yes. If he said no, then that's the answer. If he said neither one, then that's the answer. Whether you understand it or not, that's the answer. He said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents' but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Depending on what translation you read, that's not a period. Uh, It's a a semicolon in punctuation with some other translations. And, And that means the sentence is not finished. When he says that the works of God should be made manifest in him, I must work the works of him that sent me. Now we're going to spend some time looking at this, talking about, uh, this idea of being sick for the glory of God. Now, I know a lot of you, you've been in class with us for a while and you you don't accept that position, but uh, millions of people on the planet do. They do. And it's a big problem because if there's any idea in your mind that you're sick for the glory of God, there's no way you're going to have faith to receive a healing. You're stuck. But just notice this, and, and we're running out of time, but but he said, uh, I must work the works of him that sent me. That means the works of God have not yet been manifested in this man. Can you see that? Yes. I must work them. When were the works of God manifested? When the man was healed. Hallelujah. That's when the works of God were manifest and when God was glorified. Well, as you can see, we've just got into this. Our time's up for today. Please come back tomorrow. We're just getting started here. We're going to get free from wrong thinking and lies and deception and the truth will make you free. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got victory living inside Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website, or call us at 941-702-7390.